Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for Same Race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Thank you, New Zealand, for making Polaris New Zealand's number one selling side-by-side brand. From behind the stumps to behind the mic, nothing gets past Smithy. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. Yes, good morning. It's uh, just gone seven past nine here on Mornings with Ian Smith. Of course, Smithy is off this week. He is on holiday and uh, no doubt enjoying a, uh, a a decent break as well and recharging the batteries because, of course, when he comes back, we'll be in full flow with the Black Caps Tour of England. And I know he'll be fizzed about that, especially uh, with our Black Caps going head-to-head with Baz McCullen's Poms as well. So uh, hopefully uh, when Smithy's back, he'll be well and truly fizzed uh, uh, now, I uh, hope Steve McIver took good care of you yesterday. I'm with you through to the rest of the week. And coming up today, uh, not too far away, actually, before he jumps on a plane uh, to head to Australia, Finlay Christie, the Blues halfback, a man that Steve Devine and Justin Marshall have both said is the form halfback in New Zealand at the moment. So he's going to join us. We'll talk to him about the Blues season and his season personally, uh, amongst other things and what it's like having Bowden Barrett uh, as an influence just outside him. Certainly, I would imagine, makes that job just a little bit easier, having Bodie there. Uh, also coming up on the show, Blake Ashford is going to join us, former Warrior. We are going to talk to him, not just about the games to come this weekend and get some some tips from him, but just about where Rugby League is at the moment, because, man, there are some weird stories going around. One of those, of course, is that Trent Barrett quit as the uh, Bulldogs coach the other day. That has been well publicised. Paul Vaughan's comments to media about you're the worst people ever and do you have to be here when they were outside Belmore has certainly revved up the Aussie media as well. And now off the back of this, Mick Potter has been picked up. He was the assistant at the Tigers to go to the Bulldogs to be the interim coach for the season, right? Everybody kind of thought that Phil Gould was just pulling Trent Barrett's strings anyway. I mean, Mick Potter's probably got less of a rugby league reputation than Trent does, so does this actually change anything at the Bulldogs? But as part of that deal, Brent Naden, who still has two years to run on his deal and was signed uh, from the Panthers uh, only recently, has gone to the Tigers. And this is how messed up this is. On Tuesday, on Team Naming Tuesday... He was going to be. He was due to be named in the Bulldogs squad, and who do the Bulldogs play this uh, this weekend? The Tigers at Leichhardt. So now instead he's in the Tigers team, and the Tigers teammates, when they were being interviewed for team naming Tuesday on Tuesday, didn't know he was a teammate. They thought they'd be playing against him. Messed up. Of course, then we got the Warriors scenario, and uh, there's plenty to talk about there. More than we can unpack uh, just here in this intro. And Craig Bellamy, great news. He's going to be around again for a 21st season as head coach of the Melbourne Storm. He's going to do 2023. Uh, my question is, does he have to do a yard glass next year? We'll have to see at the beginning of the season whether or not that happens. So we've got all of that. 
and uh, more to come. One of the other things we're coming, I just talked about with the Breakfast Boys, is eSports. Now, eSports is, you know, basically gaming competition, structured leagues. Uh, I know that uh, the A-League have done it previously. I know that the NBL, the Aussie NBL have done it previously, where they have had e-teams to go that sit alongside their... What the, the, the term is, I don't want to say proper teams because that seems demeaning, but you know, uh, like an A-League team has a football team that goes and plays football. Well, they also have a couple of guys who play for them and represent them as in the E-League. Uh, the Premier League do this as well. Uh, we, as I mentioned, the Australian NBL do it. Lots of uh, different competitions around the world do it. It is now, uh, it has been tested at the Olympics, the one in Tokyo. It's going to be tested at the Com Games this time around. It may even be a medal event come Victoria in 2026. Well, Will, Will Slingsby is going to join us uh, after 11. And we're going to talk about that and maybe talk about some of the general comments for people who aren't gamers around it, like... Is esports really sports, for example? We'll, we'll get into all of that after 11 o'clock with Will Slingsby as well. The form team in Super Rugby at the moment are the Blues. They are top of the table. They lost their very first game of the season by a point to the Hurricanes. And since then, they have been unbeaten. And the man that has been staring around the park for a lot of that is uh, pretty hot property right now. It's been talked about by a couple of former all-black halfbacks. has been the form halfback in the country. Welcome to the show, Blues halfback, Finlay Christie. How you doing, mate? G'day, I'm good, thanks. How you going? Yeah, good, thanks, mate. Good, good, good. Getting ready to jet off to Australia, of course. Uh, two big games left in the round robin for uh, the Blues. you got the Brumbies and the Tars. Uh, how do you feel about finishing on a road trip? Um, yeah, uh, it's always good getting over and playing in Aussie. And I guess Brumbies and Waratahs are probably two of the two of the tough teams in Australia left. So should be in good stead heading into finals after playing two of the tougher teams towards the end of the season, which is exciting, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, it's been a great season for the Blues. I mean, you started, you know, uh, you know, with that the whole COVID thing and being in camp in Queenstown and you missed the first round and then the second round, you absolutely dominated the Hurricanes uh, and then managed to somehow lose that game by a point. Uh, but since then, it's uh, it's all been, I don't know if it's plain sailing is the right word, but uh, it, you've won out since then. What were those conversations like after that first game? Um, yeah, they were they were pretty tough to be honest. We all knew how how well we felt we played in that game, and then obviously that last the last ten minutes of it, we just fell fell off completely and let them back in the game with three tries. So yeah, we were absolutely devastated with that loss. And um, then the week after, we probably won the game that we should have lost against the Canes. And so it was a pretty scratchy start to the season, but I guess we took all our learnings and bounced back pretty quick, and we've we managed to sort of find a a good bit of form and, and some good connections in the team and, yeah, going forward pretty well. What were the conversations pre-season, um, you know, about the, the goals for this season? How does Leon set up a team mentally to, to go into a season? Um, yeah, well, I guess we we all sort of come together and have that collective goal of the championship. I guess every team sort of, if you're not going for a championship, then I 
guess, are you in the right mindset to be competing? So I guess anything less than, you know, winning is, is probably not a great goal as a whole season. But, um, yeah, we all came together like that collectively and, and set some goals throughout the season for us to be able to reach that. And, yeah, we just sort of held our standards pretty high and tried to build through each week. And uh, it's been going pretty well so far. So, yeah, it's been a good season. You can't argue with that, mate. Of course, uh, it was a change in the backroom staff this season. No Tana there anymore. He stepped away, but uh, Joe Schmidt stepped in, mate. He's a bloke that knows a thing or two. How's how's that been? Yeah, um, obviously losing Tana was a big loss for us. He's a great coach and a great bloke. But um, yeah, Joe Schmidt, he's he's no slouch in coaching areas. He's, um, I guess, highly experienced international coach. So he's always going to have a lot of, um, you know, good ideas and, and good coaching ways. And he's, he's just brought a lot of a lot of that in this year and he's been driving our defence which has been a massive part of our success this year um, so yeah he's been he's been working really well along with Craig uh, the defence coach and yeah the team's seen real benefit from it which is good Yeah what, what's what's the, been the difference between last year and this year do you think? Um, I think this year's just I guess a continuation of last year you know we, um, we've got a lot of similar players and, and we put some things in place last year that continued through this year and our defence has been one of them it, you know it's um, that saying defence wins championships and we've we sort of started to pride ourselves on our defence these last last couple of years I guess so it's sort of not a new year for us we sort of took our learnings and, and wanted to keep building from last year so um, yeah I guess that explains it yeah, it's funny you say that actually because you know the last couple of weeks I watched that Rebels game. You know, see you put seventy one points on them. I watched the Reds game. You put fifty three points on them, and I looked at that as a Blues fan and went, "This is fantastic. We're playing some fantastic rugby." But at the back of my mind, I went, "I bet you Leon sitting there seething. It's conceding twenty eight and twenty six points." I mean, how much did that come into uh, into it when you guys were sort of going back over tape? Yeah, well, I guess you've got a attack review and then a defensive review, and attack review is pretty good. Going that many. That many points, but then I guess we had a few key areas to fix in our defence with, like you said, leading sort of four tries in and those two games, which we were kicking us up a wee bit. They were soft tries in our behalf and, um, yeah, good learnings for us, I guess, going to the, to the next part of the season. Yeah, I suppose good to get them out of the way when you're scoring that amount of points, right? 140 points or so uh, in the last, or 120 points or so, I should say, in the last two games. Um, so you can afford to let a couple in. But it's going to be a lot tighter against the Brumbies. Um, they've been going really well this season as well. Uh, previous, prior to this weekend, just the one loss, which was to the Reds. But the Crusaders went over there and got it done. Have you guys been watching much of that Crusaders tape? Is that how you work? Yeah, I guess, yeah, we preview uh, the team we're playing and, I guess building on the last couple of weeks, the main sort of reason we led in those tries was our discipline. So a team against the Brumbies that are, you know, sort of that top top sort of team in the comp, if you give away that many penalties against them, then you're going to get hurt uh, sort of a lot more than you will against the Rebels. Um, so I guess that's probably been our biggest work on, just not letting them into a half or piggybacking them up, up the field. They've obviously got a great set piece and they'll look to just kick to the corner and drive them all. So we can stay squeaky clean with our discipline, then it sort of it'll start off well for us. How have you felt uh, about your form this year, mate? Because, I mean, the beginning of the season, I think, you know, you were duking it out with Sam Nock, probably, for the number one uh, halfback, uh, and, and Talfa Funaki's been running around as well, they're doing a good job. But how, how have you felt that you've developed over the year? Yeah, I feel like I've been building um, all good. Sort of had a bit of a shaky start to the year with um, COVID and then, a uh, bit of an injury and missed a couple of games, but I sort of the last I guess month or so I've been managed to get to that consistent game time, which is always good for me. And 
yeah, just looking to build each week and um, try and keep growing my game, which has, has been good fun. Now, I do a show on uh, SENZ with uh, Steve Devine, the former all-black halfback, of course, blues halfback as well, and uh, I do another one with Justin Marshall uh, as well, of course, who don't oh, yeah. he's halfback. <laughs> Both of those boys rate your performances this year. In fact, uh, Steve Devine said to me that you're the best halfback in the country at the moment, uh, and Justin Marshall said <laughs> he couldn't argue that point. I mean, uh, I don't know how, ma- how many conversations you've had with Ian Foster in the all-blacks management, but, but where do you see yourself on that trajectory? Oh, look, mate, it's just about <laughs> me sort of focusing each week and obviously All Blacks is the goal um, from, I guess, most players here and and, and, and saying that, you, you can only focus on your games each week and that's what I try and do. I try and, you know, look at the, try not to look at the bigger picture too much and get better each week and if I can do that, then I'll be pretty happy regardless of the outcome of the end of the year. So, yeah, that's sort of my outlook on it. Do you have as a player, I mean, obviously you work day in, day out with Leon and the, and, and the guys at the Blues, but do you have as a player who's sort of there or thereabouts around the All Black camp uh, work-ons from the All Blacks as well that you have to try and work on alongside the stuff you're doing with the Blues throughout the season? Um, I guess for my role, it's probably pretty similar regardless of what team I'm in, you know, as a halfback. Um, my work-ons are always my core, core roles, you know, passing, kicking, and I guess decision-making around the field, so... Yeah, and my review from last year with All Blacks, and then I guess every team has sort of been, and it's, it's sort of similar. So I sort of, it's good knowing what I need to work on, and it, it lets me prepare each week pretty consistently, which is good. I suppose it makes it a little bit easier when you've got a guy like Bowden Barrett outside you and a forward pack that goes forward as well. Exactly, mate. It's half extreme, isn't it? So, um, yeah, the boys have been going pretty well, and yeah, the forwards have been um, yeah getting into it every week, which has set up a good platform for the back line, which. You know, a backline like that with time and space is, is pretty deadly, as people have seen. So it's been awesome. Yeah, mate, been fantastic. And another guy that you've had play outside you a bit due to you know Bowden's injuries and things has been um, Stephen Petafetta, who's uh, really come on at the moment. Uh, I mean, for mine, he's probably outside Richie and Bowden, the, the third best ten in the country at the moment. How how do you rate uh, Petafetta's form? Yeah, mate, he's unreal as well, isn't he? He's been in, in some great form, and whether he's at ten or fifteen for us, he. He's been performing week in, week out, so it's exciting for him. And, yeah, he's just, I guess, showing off the talent that he's got, and it's been awesome to see. Yeah, mate, it has, mate. As a Blues fan, I've got to say, uh, I've been I've been a happy man this season, and it's been a long time between drinks and weekends since we've been able to say that, really, uh, Finlay. So I, I thank you, thank you, and thank the boys, mate, and wish you all the best on your trip over to Oz as well, and uh, fingers crossed you keep that streak going and, and come home to a, uh, a home quarter, home semi, and then a home final, eh? Awesome, mate. Yeah, it's the plan, and uh, thanks again for having me on. New Zealand for making Polaris New Zealand's number one selling side-by-side brand. Summer or winter, he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. It's 9.26 here on Mornings with Ian Smith. Ricardo Ball in for him. Uh, just updating you, the Europa League final is on at the moment between Glasgow Rangers and Eintracht Frankfurt. This is in Seville, uh, and it was one all at full time, so it is in extra time now. They've just kicked off the second half of extra time. Uh, I'll keep you up to date with how that match progresses over the next 15 minutes and whether or not we need penalties as well. Uh, another competition that's going on a lot closer to home and has just really starting uh, rather than winding up 
is the Cells NBL. And uh, we had last night a game between the Auckland Tuatara and the Hawks Bay Hawks. The uh, Hawks getting up in this one, 75-74, to, to give the Tuatara their first loss of the season. And, of course, we also have a show called Hoopheads here on SENZ Now, which is Casey Frank and Justin Nelson. Uh, Casey, of course, former Tall Black and Breakers player. Justin Nelson, the former GM of the Cells NBL, a man that kind of moulded it into what it is today. Uh, they were doing that show, Logan, uh, last night. And uh, certainly, um, Justin, pretty passionate about this game and about the size of the crowd. Yeah, so there's a segment on that show that I love called uh, I'm Not Buying That Crap Anymore. Uh, and this is what Justin had to say last night about fans not showing up. Auckland, you have a team that you can support this year. You have a team that has a massive chance to win a championship. And you know what I'm not buying anymore? I'm not buying any more of this petty, oh, no, we're not going to the basketball tonight. We, we're not going through the traffic tonight. Oh, no, the tickets are going to cost us 10 bucks each. Hey, Aucklanders, you need to step up. You need to show up because I'm not buying any of that crap anymore that says, no, we're not going there tonight. You've got a great team. Go and support them because they are a big, big chance. And I'm a little bit worried because I've got a big Aucklander staring at me what? right now. <laughs> of, course, of course I do want uh, as much support for the Tuatara as possible. But, uh, where, but uh, do you, where do you live once again, Justin? I come from Melbourne. Oh, yeah. Where, where you live now? No, no, no. Where do you live now? I don't want to talk about Wellington. Yeah, Wellington. Oh, yeah. So uh, walk to everything and do that. Okay. Uh, I'll tell you one thing. It's tough to get out around Auckland. Oh, it's difficult. On. It is really difficult you to know, get to the other side of the bridge. 20 minutes in the car. <laughs> 20 minutes in the car for a 7 p.m. start. You're going to find parking. <laughs> Turn up. I mean, seriously, they've got a massive team to follow this season. Yeah. Plan it early. If you've got to leave an hour early, just get in the car. Go and turn up because uh, I saw this team. I saw the Tuatara on, on Monday night. They yeah. are fun. Fun to watch. They are fun to watch, Ricardo. Yeah, they did lose 75-74 for their first loss of the season, but it was a heck of a game to watch. Huge battle. I think, unfortunately, what undid the Tuatara last night is their shooting got cold. They've been one of the highest performing teams in terms of offense this season, obvious by their record. Uh, but aside from Chris Johnson there, their star import showing up, and you know he got 29 points. The next best was uh, the the newest recruit or most recent import to come into the country, Silas Schneider. Uh, he got twelve points. Uh, Rob Lowe, he only got seven. So yeah, things got a little cold on the, on the shooting side of things. And but their defense was still really good. They messed. They what did they get like seven blocks. So their defense was able to keep them in the game the whole time. Yeah, well that's what happens when you got two blokes who are at six foot eleven stand under the po- on, under the hoop, right? Oh, it's insane when you see how tall they are just on TV. So go to a game, you'll just be like in awe of these giants of men. Um, great team to watch, for yeah, sure. Yeah, and I like uh, how Casey tried to get Justin to say where he was from because, as he's right, you know, you can walk everywhere in Wellington, but also the Wellington Saints, who are perennial favourites, have got a big donut in their win column at the moment. They have not had a win yet, the Saints, and you can walk everywhere in Wellington. The Saints are walking everywhere around their court at the moment. Uh, uh, that is going to change, my friend. That is going to change when Xavier Cooks uh, shows up. Trust me. Yeah. All right. We'll look forward to that. Uh, Hoopheads every Wednesday night here on SENZ uh, from 9 p.m. And uh, you can catch Casey and Justin hosting that show 
each night if you're a basketball fan. We also uh, head to Chicago and catch up with Sam Brief for the American Brief and talk NBA and WNBA as well. Coming up in the next uh, little bit, it's talkback time with Smithy, although he's not here, so it's talkback time with me. And we have a $50 Chemist Warehouse gift card to give away. So jump on the blower, 0800 150 811, 0800 150 811. Finlay Christie was on. Of course, I mentioned that Justin Marshall, Steve Devine, both rate him as the, uh, the form halfback in the country at the moment. If an all-black squad was named tomorrow, who would your three halfbacks be? Because there's plenty around. I know Izzy's got some love for Falau Fakatava, uh, but he's behind Aaron Smith at the Highlanders. Of course, you've got TJ Perinara kicking around. There's a bloke called Brad Weber who's just come back from injury as well. We've got plenty of depth there. Who are your three for the All Blacks at halfback in the nine jersey? 0800 150 811. Or you can text us on the Temper Bedpost text machine, double eight double three. Talkback time with Smithy. Brought to you by Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Call now for a chance to win today's $50 Chemist Warehouse voucher. 0800 150 811. It's 27, uh, sorry, 26 away from 10 here on SENZ. Mornings with Ian Smith, Ricardo Paul, in for Smithy. And it is uh, talkback time. Uh, so get on the phone, 0800 150 811. 0800 150 811. A $50 Chemist Warehouse gift card could be yours. We give that to the best caller of the morning. A few things to talk about. One of those, of course, after just having Finlay Christie on there. Uh, and as I mentioned, Steve Devine, Justin Marshall saying, you know, the bloke is the form halfback in the country at the moment. If you had to pick an all-black squad tomorrow, who are your three halfbacks? Who are your three nines? Because there's plenty running around at the moment. Of course, you've got TJ Pietanata at the Canes. You've got Aaron Smith and Flau Fakatava uh, at the Highlanders. You, I mean, you've got Bryn Hall, who's not been in the worst form for, for the Crusaders as well. There's Finlay at the Blues and a bloke called Brad Weber at the Chiefs and plenty of young talent coming through as well. So who are your three halfbacks if you had to name an all-black squad tomorrow? Um, give us a call 0800 150 811. 0800-150-811. Plenty of other stuff to talk about too uh, from an NRL point of view. Uh, Craig Bellamy running around for a 21st, well not running around, but coaching for a 21st season. Brent Naden being uh, swapped with Mick Potter. Uh, he was going to be playing against the Tigers this weekend as of Monday. As of Tuesday, he's playing for the Tigers this weekend. Weekend uh, against his old team, the Bulldogs. So plenty to talk about. 0800 150 is our phone number. Zade joins us. G'day, Zade. How are you? Yeah, all good. Um, three halfbacks Finlay Christie, Aaron Smith, Brad Weber. Yeah, I like that. That's probably my three. Um, I would like yeah. to see Falau Fakatava given an opportunity to be a number one halfback somewhere. I think he adds a lot. Uh, there, there have been times this season when he's come on and the Highlanders have been struggling, and he's actually replaced Aaron Smith, and they've gone better. Um, so that's not that's not but a knock on Aaron who, Smith, who, but who that's just the physicality. That's just the physicality of Falau Fakatava. That's what he offers, you know. So he changes things up. But uh, sorry, you were saying. Who, who who would you take out of those three for them? Because for me, arguably, you can't take out Christie or Aaron Smith. They're they're currently the top two halfbacks in New Zealand right now. Yeah, I think that's I think that's fair, and I think probably uh, the way the All Black selectors work, they'd still have Aaron Smith as their number one because he's done the mar, he's got he's got the track record. Uh, but I think Finlay Christie I, for me overtakes TJ Pietanara in that he has a bit more physicality like TJ does. Um, the thing is with Finlay Christie is. 
he's pretty similar to Aaron Smith, so I think he's a pretty good replacement off the bench because he's got so much pace and just runs off the line. And with his link-up, he's been playing with, obviously, Bowden Barrett this year as well, which would be pretty easy for the all-black selectors that um, they know that Barrett's going to be the number, number one first five. So you think even if Christie's on the bench, you bring him straight on, and if um, Barrett's still on there, they just link back up straight away, you know? Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, no, I mean, I think Weber is like for like with Aaron Smith more than Christie is, um, and that is why the All Blacks selectors in the past have liked TJ Piedanata, because he's a different type of halfback and gives them something different. But thanks for your call, Zaid. John from Auckland is uh, with us. G'day, John. How are you, mate? Yeah, good, mate. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. He is in that mould with um, Aaron Smith. You're talking about Weber there. But, yeah, I think think the All Blacks will probably choose four halfbacks, Okay. Because I remember Ian. I remember Ian Foster saying that he wanted a squad of thirty-six. Um, but for the sake of this conversation, I'll just choose the three mm. and maybe one on the outer wider training squad. So you'd probably, you know, with the experience, you'd probably start with Aaron Smith. Yeah. Especially playing Ireland, and then you'd have Finlay Christie coming off the bench, and probably Brad Weber, and then Vakatava as a wider training squad member. Um, but, you know, this is just an opinion of a punter. I'm not an all-black coach. It yeah. could change. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, but yeah. <laughs> where, where do you... Sorry, what was that? I was going to say, where do you sit a couple of the others? Of course, TJ's been part of the all-black mix for a long time. Brent Hall's been knocking on the door for a while. He's been part of the Māori all-blacks. Where do you see those two, and why aren't they in your mix? Yeah, I know. I know those two have always popped up, especially TJ Pedanara. He's, you know, nearly 70-odd tests for the all-blacks. But I just think at this time his form is is not on par with those three halfbacks that I've just alluded to. Mm. Uh, but in saying that, you know, the season isn't over. Um, the Hurricanes are going to be in the final series. He could come out and, and win the trophy for the Canes and be the best halfback. Um, but at the moment, those are probably my starting three and then Bakatava coming in that wider training squad. Um, just quickly, though, you talked about Naden. Mm. Going on to the West Tigers, yeah, um, that's pretty shocking, mate. Like you know, you, the 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 NRL have always asked players to, you know, um, stand up for their contracts, and and teams will not let players go. But once teams want to change coaches and stuff, oh, it's um, surplus to requirements. You know, yeah, so it's not really fair for those players. No, well, that's the thing. I mean, you know, for the fact that the Tigers players on Team Naming Tuesday were being interviewed and they didn't know, you know, when the interviewer asked them about what's it like to have Brent Naden, you know, you're looking forward to having Brent Naden as part of your team, they didn't know. Yeah, exactly. And then, and you know, a couple of weeks ago there was a story about the Knights complaining about um, Ponga's father negotiating his deal. But, uh, you know, when when the shoe's on the other foot, mate, it's it's like, um, do the... Do the teams actually care about the players? Well, yeah, I mean, they they become uh, almost cattle in a way, don't they? They're just they're just a tradable commodity. What do you what do you make of the um, of of Mick Potter going there from the Tigers as the number two? I mean, it feels like if you really want to be taken seriously as a coach, working under Phil Gould's not the place to do it because everybody just assumes you're a puppet, right? Well, yeah, exactly. But he's he's an interim coach, eh? so yeah. he's probably just going to be there to have experience. I mean, the Bulldogs. Will probably finish last this year. Um, actually, the Warriors might be fighting for that wooden spoon. Um, just looking at their last seven games, they've got all top four teams. I heard mm. one of your punters last night talk about. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's probably a learning experience. I don't think he'll be there next year. Okay. Um, 
Yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll have to see. I mean, I love the NRL. Eh? It's it's probably the best rugby league competition in the world. It's better than the Super Rugby, actually. Oh, mate, to um, be honest, it's it's what I prefer to watch out of the two. <laughs> if I have the, have the choice, generally tends to be the NRL. Just moves that much faster, eh? Yeah, and, and it's a shame that the Warriors are, you know, quite quite poo at the moment because it doesn't help rugby league in this country. No, you're right. Um, and but, it doesn't help that conversation about expansion and putting another team in New Zealand either, does it? <laughs> exactly, mate. But who knows, the Kiwis are coming next month and, yeah, we'll just have to look forward to that. Yeah, we will. Hey, John, thanks very much for your call. 0800 150 811 is the number. There is a $50 Chemist Warehouse gift card for the best caller of the morning and uh, Charlie will be uh, desperate to get his hands on that. G'day, Charlie. How are you? Um, fabulous, mate. Um, yeah, this discussion was on the other day. I, I think the only shoe-in for the nine at the moment is, is the incumbent Aaron Smith, and there are four or five. I'd like to see, obviously, Finlay Christie, not because they're just supposed to support Auckland, but everybody, as they say, rightly playing behind a forward pack like that with a four-back number 10. But he's shining. It's not everybody couldn't do that, and he's doing it. But I'd like to see them take Falao Fakatava as a project and and make it. He, he defends really well. He attacks really well. He he he's a great halfback. And playing behind Aaron Smith, he's only going to get better. And Aaron Smith's not going to be there next time for the World Cup. And Brad Webber's not getting any younger. Uh, Mitch Drummond's not in the picture now. I don't know why because he's playing well for the Crusaders. Bryn Hall's playing all right. Um, I like to see Falafel Fakatava be brought into the All Blacks and be moulded. Use what skills he's got and upskill him to be a, to be an All Black. Um, whether they'll do that or not, I don't know, mate. Whether they'll go with a tried and tested. Um, there's the old Nonu adage where he played crap, usually for Super Rugby, put an All Black shirt, and then he turned into the Hulk. Mm, yeah, that's um, true. I don't know. I think they should pick on form, mate. Well, I think so too. I mean, and on the form at the moment, I know Weber has been injured uh, the last four weeks, but he came back last weekend. But, I mean, he's had a great season. Um, as you say, Aaron Smith hasn't done too much wrong, and he's been playing in a team that's struggled. And Finlay Christie, that's my three. Uh, but then, you know, where does that leave TJ Perenata? Um, I don't know where you are on his future. I, I kind of feel like maybe if he had that offer from the Roosters to go and play hooker in the NRL, he maybe should have taken it. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if TJ's out of the picture again. He's he's been he's played many tests in an All Black shirt, so they they look at experience rather than form. I, I just think it's a massive a massive chance to take Fakatava. There's there's tests against. Maybe they'll put him in the Maori All Blacks if he's eligible. I don't know to play against Ireland, but mate, they should get this kid in a black shirt and just see what he can do, mate. Because he's raw talent. Yeah, and he, he's there to be moulded as they need it, mate. If, if I think they miss out. A heap because the current squad of halfbacks. I, I don't know how old Aaron Smith is, but maybe he hasn't got another World Cup in him. Maybe maybe Finlay Christie has. I think he's a bit younger. I don't think Brad Webber has, and I certainly don't think TJ has. So I think it's time to mould. I mean, they've got good halfbacks. Bring some. Bring a bolter in, mate. He's not even a bolter, fucker type, but he's he's an awesome player. He has a few weaknesses, like his kicking's not that brilliant, but that's something they can teach him. Yeah, well, I can tell you, Aaron Smith's thirty-three. Um, so, yeah, this next World Cup will probably be his last, you'd have to think. Uh, and, you know, TJ Perenara, I think, is 30, um, and Webb is 31. So, that, yeah, that's where those three guys are at the moment. It just feels like um, TJ slowed down a bit, and I don't know how much you watch the... I know you're in Geraldine, Charlie, but I don't know how much you watch the Highlanders, but there have been times this season 
And I know that I said that Aaron Smith's been doing all right in a team that's been struggling, but there have been times this season when Aaron Smith's come off with 20 to go and the Highlanders have lifted because of the style of Fakatava. He's a different type of halfback. So it's not so much about Smith's form, but just about what Fakatava brings to the table. Oh, he just lifts them, mate. He's got, he plays really well with his forwards. He's got really quick ball for his forwards and he's always behind them. And if the ball's there, he's sniped. And if there's any forwards come back at him defensively, He's not afraid to tear him down, mate. He's a much better defensive player than Aaron Smith is. Hey, Charlie, thanks very much for your call, mate. Uh, Really appreciate it and uh, appreciate you listening here. That is uh, our talkback time, uh, $50 Chemist Warehouse gift card. I think we'll go to Charlie today, mate. It was a good call. Really enjoyed uh, having a chat to you. Uh, You can keep your text coming through on the Temper Bedpost text machine, double eight double three. Ken has sent one through saying, agree on Finlay Christie is the number one, and then Aaron Smith slash TJ Perinara. Cheers, Ken. You can keep those texts coming through, your thoughts on that and more as well here on SENZ Mornings with Ian Smith. He's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. It's Harness Racing New Zealand pacing for purpose season two. Yeah, this week's harness racing pick to raise funds for the Women's Refuge. So far, we have raised $395 this season. And uh, the Smithy slot, I'll tell you who's going great guns at the moment, is Mark Stafford. Afternoons, we, we, we have a bit of a competition between all the shows and our picks to see who's raising the most money. So we've raised $395 for Women's Refuge. Mark Stafford's raised $1,420. I don't know who's picking his horses. I don't know if it's him, but he's doing a damn good job if it is. So, yeah, follow Staffin at the moment is a, it would be my advice. Uh, but, of course, we do have to uh, give you a tip for this week. This is the horse that we're going to be backing for pacing for purpose. Now, it's uh, Alexandra Park tomorrow night. Race 9, uh, which is I think starts at around 9.30, uh, is the New Zealand... Uh, the NZB Standard Bread Weanling Sale, 26th of May, uh, Mobile Pacer, um, 20, over 2,200 metres. And uh, we are going with a uh, Mike Berger-trained horse driven by David Butcher called About Turn. Uh, so that's horse number nine in race number nine at Alexandra Park tomorrow night for Pacing for Purpose. Uh, if you've got any thoughts on that or if you've got any better tips, then flick them through so we can maybe catch staff in the next week or two. Uh, this is Mornings with Ian Smith, Ricardo Ball filling in. Thank you, New Zealand, for making Polaris New Zealand's number one selling side-by-side brand. Summer or winter, he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. Yeah, mornings with Smithy, although Smithy is on holiday. We're a couple of minutes away from 10 o'clock. Still to come on the show, Blake Ashford. After 10 o'clock, he is going to join us, former Warrior. We're going to talk about round 11 of the NRL and a few of the uh, other goings-on in the NRL, like Craig Bellamy signing for a 21st season and Brett Naden uh, being traded uh, like a horse uh, from one team to another uh, with two years left on his contract. We'll do. We'll cover all of that off as well. We also have the panel coming up with Brad Lewis and James Regan as well. And then uh, Will Slingsby after 11 is going to come into the studio. We, he's a an esports videographer and we're going to talk esports and the progression of esports and the fact that as early as 2026 it could be a Commonwealth sport 
uh, in some capacity. So we're going to talk to Will Slingsby about that after 11 o'clock. We've teamed up with the Auckland Greyhound Racing Club. Uh, to get you out of the dog box if you manage to get yourself in the dog box. Uh, you can simply text DOG to 8833 for your chance to win a VIP date at the Duke of Edinburgh Silver Collar Day. Uh, and if you're not in the dog box, but you have a propensity to get yourself into the dog box, maybe there's a great way uh, to get yourself some brownie points in the bag. So uh, 8833, text DOG, and you're in the uh, draw to uh, win a VIP date at the Duke of Edinburgh Silver Collar Day. Thanks to Greyhound Racing New Zealand. Uh, update from uh, the Europa League final. Well, it is all done and dusted. It went to penalties and Eintracht Frankfurt. Uh, the Europa League champions means they get a spot in the Champions League next season as well after they beat Glasgow Rangers 5-4 on penalties. There you go. Just uh, an update for you from that. Up next, we're talking rugby league with Blake Ashford. Thank you, New Zealand, for making Polaris New Zealand's number one selling side-by-side brand. From behind the stumps to behind the mic, nothing gets past Smithy. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. Yeah, good morning. It is uh, just gone 10 o'clock, uh, three past 10 here on SENZ. Ricardo Ball in for Ian Smith uh, coming up on the show. We've got the panel not too far away with James Regan and Brad Lewis. We've got a Love Racing update with Louis Herman Watt as well. And we'll uh, cross to Pip Morris from the tab as well for an update from what the TAB have got coming up. All that to come this hour. But uh, right now, Blake Ashford, former Warrior, joins us. G'day, Blake. How are you, mate? Ricardo, how are you, buddy? Yeah, good, mate. Good, good. Uh, I've got to ask you, before we get into the games coming up this weekend, how weird was it, the Mick Potter, uh, Brett Naden scenario? I mean, on Tuesday, Tigers players were being interviewed for Team Naming Tuesday, who didn't even know that Naden was now a teammate. I mean, they're supposed to be playing the Dogs this weekend, so one minute Naden's playing the Tigers this weekend, the next minute he's playing for the Tigers this weekend. Yeah, it's a funny game, isn't it? I mean, look, they've got all these, different rules set out, I thought, uh, to stop certain things, but um, yeah, it's, it's funny for the fans, I guess, when players are changing teams like that. Um, Tigers, I mean, it helps the outside backs, and the Bulldogs, I think, from reading it, were a bit happy to get rid of him, so um, yeah, it'd be a good game, it'd be interesting. Yeah, yeah, it should be. Um, I mean, you played a lot of, you know, you obviously played at the Tigers, you played at the Warriors um, as well. I mean, the player trading and the way it's done at the moment, how much rights does the player have? You know, if you're in Brett Naden's shoes and this gets floated, do you have the right to say, no, I'm sticking, staying where I am or not? Yeah, yeah, you've got the right. Um, look, you've got a contract there that you can, um, I suppose, stay with and get paid out to. But then, I don't know what Gus had said, whether Gus was like, oh, this might be a opportunity for you because then you got to look at your future as well. After those uh, those years that he's on contract, maybe they might not have re-signed him. So it might have been a better opportunity for him um, to go elsewhere. Yeah, well, I mean, they would suggest that he was maybe not happy there either. And I suppose if you're talking to Phil Gould, he's the guy that makes the, uh, regardless of who's actually coaching the team, he's the guy that makes all the decisions. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, hey, look, uh, as much as they don't say it, I think a lot of people... Uh, I think along the same lines as you, mate. I think uh, Gus has uh, yeah, got a big influence in rugby league. Yeah, massive, mate, massive. Uh, also, uh, news that uh, the Storm have confirmed that Craig Bellamy is going to continue coaching in 2023. That'll be his 21st year at the club. I mean, there have been some great coaches 
in the NRL. Uh, you know, Wayne Bennett, who obviously is going to dive back in with the Dolphins next year. Um, Tim Sheens as well. Uh, I think Trent Robinson Robinson's probably in that conversation. But, I mean, is Bellamy the best, do you think? Oh, he's, it's hard. He's, he's certainly up there, isn't he? Um, I mean, a lot of those coaches have uh, changed clubs. Um, but it seems to be that, you know, Craig Bellamy's got that culture built down in the storm and they sort of do a good job of evolving. When teams, I think, either figure out or try and copy the storm, they evolve to another level. And um, it's been good to see. I know playing against us, it's very hard. Um, you know, they're always there. And they're one of those teams that I think as long as Bellamy's there, they're going to be in that top four scenario and always competing for a title. So, you know, he's got he's had some of the world's best players and made some players that uh, in other teams weren't getting a start. He's made them into international players and look like superstars. So they've definitely done a good job down there. Yeah, he yeah, has, mate. I mean, you look at the transformation of Nico Hines. I'm just looking at Nick Meany going, oh, mate, you know, who are you going to leave for to be a number seven, <laughs> sort of seven, four in a couple of years' time? Because that seems to be what he does. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and look, I, I would have loved to, to play under him as well because I know that uh, once you leave there, you definitely looking at some good money. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that have benefited from playing under Creek. Yeah, get, get me paid, get me paid. Hey, uh, let, let's talk about the games coming up this weekend and starting tonight. Uh, the Knights take on the Broncos. Jeez, um, Kevin Walters is is having some joy, isn't he? He's turned those Broncos around. Uh, that 38-0 whopping of Manly on the weekend was a real surprise to me. Yeah, I, I look, last week for me was probably the hardest week uh, to pick. Um, I said that going into the week to a lot of people that I, it's it's going to be a tough week and my one team that I thought were were definitely going to do the job was Manly. So look, uh, I was definitely wrong there. But I, I'm I'm very not surprised with the Broncos. I know they've got the personnel. I'm just it, it's good to see the way they're playing and it's very exciting. Um, look, Adam Adam Reynolds could be the buy of the year the way he's playing. We knew he had a kicking game, but his running game's gone to another level this year and you know probably gotten Selwyn Cobbo has been outstanding he's probably in line for an origin jersey Um, I think they're going to be too much once again for the Knights but you know the Knights do get Milford and his first game back in a while and um, Tyson Brazil's back and they're they're at home coming off a win so a bit of confidence I think it'll be a close game but I I think the Broncos will take it. Yeah, have got Jake Clifford and Dane Gagai back as well, which is great for them. Uh, speaking of signings of the season, uh, it's a great story as well. Tamiti Martin, he's he's gone great guns for them since he's been uh, back at the Broncos, hasn't he? He has, mate. And um, look, he, I actually saw him while he was over in New Zealand um, at, a, at a footy camp. And, um, you know, he has been trying to get over there since, I think, October, November and the way COVID was at that time, he just couldn't get over. So he, he probably could have started the year maybe um, if he'd got over there in time. But look, it's a great comeback story. He's, he's showing why, you know, he, he deserved that first grade spot back and um, hopefully he keeps going because I, I, I don't think they've lost since he's been in there or if they have, it might have been one loss. But he's, he's definitely um, given them an extra option out the back. Yeah, he has, mate. Hey, listen, uh, let's, uh, so it's a Broncos, uh, maybe an unders win, do you think? Oh look, mate. Oh, yeah, I think I think uh, I think the Broncos one to twelve. Personally, I know a lot of people will be thinking thirteen plus, but yeah, I, I tend to lean um, Newcastle back at home. Milford's going to show out. I think hopefully Frizzell's back. You've mentioned Clifford and Gagai. 
So I think it'll be a tight match, but I think the Broncos just sneak away with it. Uh, West Tigers take on the Dogs. We already kind of mentioned this earlier because of the uh, Brent Naden situation. You've also got a guy in Brent and uh, Mick Potter who will know the Tigers inside out who's going to be the coach of the Dogs for this game. And Naden will be giving away a few dog secrets to the Tigers as well, you would think. Um, I guess the big miss for the Tigers is Luke Brooks. Uh, I mean, how much do they miss him? Because Jackson Hastings seems to have been uh, the man for the Tigers this season. Yeah, oh, I mean it's very under it, it's very underrated the I suppose the the Brooks impact since even though Hastings has come back because it's allowed him to sit back and actually show his talent. Brooksy, I remember speaking to you, oh, it could have been a couple of months ago, and saying how much I believe in Luke Brooks, mm. and you know his defence is good, his his ball playing and ability is good, and it's gone to another level now that Hastings has sort of taken control. I think he just needed that other person. So, look, I think it's going to be a miss. Jock Madden's been good throughout the year, but I know there's a couple of Bulldogs players that are a bit sick at the moment, so I don't know if they've been given the all-clear or not. Um, the flu's run through the camp. I think they said it was Matt Burton, Addo Carr may be in doubt as well. So, look, I, I don't know how they're going to line up. It's a tough one to pick. It'd be a, and there's there always is that rule, you know. Once the coach gets sacked, the next week that team usually wins. So... Uh, look, it's a it's a coin toss for me, but the heart the heart says Tigers. I've got to stay with the boys. To stay with the boys, Tigers in a close one uh, then for you, and uh, I can see why, mate. I mean, especially if there is that flu, a bit of uncertainty around Burton and Adokar, who are so uh, important for that team. Um, I like it. All right, so we've got the Broncos unders, we've got the Tigers unders so far. Uh, the Eels take on the Sea Eagles on Friday. The Eels had a poor first half against the Roosters on the weekend, and the Seagulls had a poor two halves against the Broncos, as we've already established. Uh, there's a big rivalry too, you know. I mean, as an Eels fan, you you don't want to, you know, there's nothing better than watching Manly lose. Um, I, I think this will be tight again, mate. Which way do you see it going? Yeah, I'm with you, mate. I, I Look, last week, I, the, the Parramatta team are just so inconsistent um, for me that, it, it seems like this week they're going to be up for the game back at home. Well, I, I, yeah, I mean, Manly Turbo looks a bit injured, limping. I know he said he he's not, um, but that could possibly be because there's a thirty thousand dollar pay packet waiting for him in two weeks at Origin. So, you know, I, I know I wouldn't be injured if Origin was calling and I had another thirty grand coming into the account. Um, but yeah, look, I, I think it's going to be a close one. Schuster back for Manly, but I like uh, Para one to twelve. The Eels 1-12, I, I, I love that call, mate. I love that call because uh, as, a, as an Eels fan, I can't have us losing to uh, the Seagulls. Uh, and uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I like that, mate. Okay, so those are the Thursday-Friday games. Uh, let's head to Saturday then, uh, Super Saturday. The Dragons taking on the Warriors. The Dragons are favourites in this one, even though they're a position below the Warriors on the on the table. It is 12th versus 11th. Um, I mean, the, the Warriors obviously got spanked by Melbourne. And then, um, I mean, I, I, I thought it was uh, quite unusual, Matt Lodge saying that, you know, they got lucky against Canberra in the win that they did have, and then they were appalling against Cronulla, um, and, the, you know, they weren't much better last weekend. I mean, there's something rotten in that, uh, in, that, in that Warriors team at the moment. I just don't know what it is. Yeah, I mean, look, they're, they're going to have a headache in a couple of weeks when all their players get back. Personally, it's the edge defence for me. I think it just needs to fix up. I would be moving you and Aiken out to the centres yep. when we have uh, Wade Egan back, 
uh, Tohu's back, Josh Curran will be coming back in a couple of weeks. I think we've got enough forwards there that why not put that experience out wide where we've been getting stung? Mm. So that would be the change for me. Um, but yeah, look, I, the Warriors won five of the last seven against the Dragons. I I, I really like the Warriors in this game. Um, they were two fifty five at the start of the week, I believe, or up there above, and they've they've come in and um, on the podcast yesterday on the vanish line, they said uh, Pumawadi of the tab said. That's 85% of all bits placed have been on the Warriors. So, look, the Warriors' faithful are staying strong. Um, and and I, I think they'll get this win. Look, I, I know the, the losses have been bad, but they're only a, a win outside the top eight. Yeah. Uh, I was. Uh, so you're going Warriors 1-12 to 12 then, are you? I am, mate. I yeah. am. Uh, what about Jesse Arthurs? He's named on the bench. I mean, surely if, if he's fit, you, you play him ahead of Vilea, don't you? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, I'd be moving, personally, I'd be moving Aiken and Vilea, uh, and uh, Jesse Arthurs into the centres if, if Jesse Arthurs is fit. Um, because you look on the weekend, that's where South scored the majority of their tries and just looks out of, out of sync out wide. And it, it is a skill. It takes a while to learn that stuff defensively out wide. Um, so, look, yeah, I, I'd be rushing Jesse Arthurs straight back in because these next two games are the most important sort of season defining for the Warriors because after that they play the Sharks Manly and Penrith so these next two games are season defining Yeah they will be I think their last seven matches of the season are against the current top four I think I heard if that's right yeah. which yeah. is which is a hell of a run in so they yeah, they need to get points uh, now. Uh, the game after that is possibly the game of the round and the Cowboys have been a real surprise package this season. Uh, they play the Storm at second versus third uh, the Storm, of course, had that big loss last weekend. They're without Nelson Asafa Solomona this weekend, uh, which will hurt, particularly going up against Jason uh, Malmalo. Um, uh, sorry, Talmalo. Um, how do you see this one going? Um, now, look, I, I read I read nothing into that game against Penrith last week. I mean, the Storm had a, a hooker playing fullback. Uh, we'll start with again this week. Um, I, I can't see the Storm losing two in a row. I just can't. Um, Cameron Cameron Munster came out after the game and was brutally honest. Said they look like an under twelves team. Uh, yeah, I I know it's in North Queensland. North Queensland are going good. I expect North Queensland to be in the eight at the end of the year. They play some great footy. Todd Payton's done a great job with all these young kids. But look, we just spoke about Bellamy's brilliance, and um, I, I yeah, I think the Storm go up there and and put it to the Cowboys actually, and I think they win by one to twelve, but more leaning towards the the 12-point margin, so okay. I think it'll be close, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, the Cowboys have, have gone... I mean, I had, I, I was looking at their recruitment pre-season thing, and they've, they've brought nobody in of any note. You know, Peter Hickey, sure, but he, he's um, not exactly a star signing type thing. I had them down for, a, you know, given where they finished last season, for for possible spooners. Um, but they've, they've certainly proved me wrong. Another thing that I think is quite interesting is Brandon Smith has been named prop for this game, starting prop. What do you make of that move? Oh, look, he he gets the ball and runs hard anyway. And a lot of the time, you know, these days, a lot of the locks that aren't ball-playing locks tend to be that extra middle runner. So I think um, Brandon Smith at prop is going to be very hard to stop if his one job is to get the ball and run over you. So I don't mind it at all. 
You don't mind it? Okay, likes that one. Likes that one. Uh, and then just uh, finally, mate, because uh, we've run out of time because we've been talking too much rugby league, uh, the other game of the round is uh, the Roosters in fourth against the Panthers in first. Uh, this is the Panthers, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, look, um, I don't think Panthers are going as good as uh, they were the last two seasons. I know they're on top of the ladder, but I think once these teams, they met the storm, obviously, without any players, and um, they meet the Roosters this week out with, uh, sorry, Roosters this week without Victor Radley, who I think is sort of along the lines of Tedesco, the heart and soul of this team. Does a lot of ball playing and is a uh, senior player in that team. So, look, I think Penrith get it 1-12. to uh, The Roosters have put up a fight at home. And, um, yeah, that's it, mate. That's it. Good stuff, Blake. Hey, thanks for your time today, mate. Always good to chat uh, code with you. Go well and enjoy uh, the game tonight, eh? Sweet, mate. Have a good day. You too. Uh, Blake Ashford, former Warrior there with us. Uh, just about time for the panel. James Regan and Brad Lewis join us next. For making Polaris New Zealand's number one selling side-by-side brand. Summer or winter, he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. Talk, talk, talk to me, yeah. It is 10.24 here on SENZ Mornings with Ian Smith. Smithies away, so Ricardo Ball in the hot seat for you. And uh, the panel today is uh, James Regan. G'day, mate. How are you? Yeah, good, mate. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, thank you for coming on. And Brad Lewis as well. G'day, big bad Brad. G'day, Rick. Uh, great to be here with Jimmy as well. He's a great human. He's a great human. Great human indeed. I'll tell you who else oh. is, is, a, is a pretty good human is Helene Wilson. Uh, great coach, of course. Uh, and uh, she's been integral in uh, get, helping men's netball evolve and having uh, the Mystics men's team train alongside the women's team. Well, she's just been appointed to High Performance Sport New Zealand as Women in High Performance Sport Manager. Um, with the government to introduce that independent sport integrity body. They've moved pretty quickly on this. Um, well, maybe maybe not as quickly as they should, given it probably should happen three and a half years ago, uh, you could argue, James. But uh, what do you make of the move? Yeah, yeah, yeah as you say, it, it is good that they've, um, they've moved quickly on this. Helene, obviously a successful coach, won the, won the premiership last year um, with the Mystics, uh, and they'll be looking to go again this year. But um, she's got that experience in high-performance sport as well, which I think is quite key. She, she knows how the environment works. So as long as she can get the best out of her skills from that point of view and, and really make a difference, she said yesterday, she told media, she, that's what she really wants to do. And, and she really needs to as well. She really needs to bring women through, especially in those, those management, admin uh, and coaching roles as well, because they, women just... They're not represented enough in those roles as they should be. We see, look, our, our high-performance women are amazing. From the rugby sevens to our rowing to our, to our cyclists, they're all um, at the top of their game. But we're probably let down in those, in those other roles in coaching and, and administration roles. So hopefully Helene's appointment can help that. And she, she certainly has got some experience behind it. So... Yeah, best of luck, but hopefully something does change pretty quick. Yeah, well, good to see some new blood in that arena, Brad, because it is something that, uh, you know, I, I talked to Dana Johansson about the other day. Uh, we have seen in these kind of positions over the years just the same names and uh, recycled despite how, um, you know, successful or competent they have been. It, it did seem a bit uh, jobs for the boys or jobs for your mates at times, so good to have some fresh blood in there. 
No, 100%. And like, I think another, I agree with everything James said. And uh, the other thing as well, uh, uh, you know, this is gonna, this is a slow progress. We know that there's been like, things wrong with high performance sport in New Zealand, and particularly around cycling for for, for a long time. Uh, but what what is good is that we've got you know Railing Castle, Steve Chu, two people that have a, a, a huge amount of respect for each other, uh, sort of uh, steering the ship in the right direction. And, and Helene's appointment is a, is a big part of that. Also, I think educating coaches and, and high performance environments. Um, you know, coaching men and women is very different. Right, so there's different, different. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things you need to bring. I heard Jacob Orham talking about this recently, where he said, coaching, uh, being part of the White Fern setup. You know, there's there's menstrual cycles and things like that. He's never dealt with that in his whole entire career, and that mm. that's something that he had to bring in. And we, and we know women and men operate very, very differently. I mean, I think there needs to be more of an education process around the differences between coaching high performance sport for, for men and women. I mean, uh, you know, that, um. Deep down, you know, you want to get the best out of your athletes, and there are different ways about about going through that. You know, we see that with with sport in terms of um, coaching cultures. You know, different cultures have different ways of handling um, feedback. So, uh, I think that's a big part of it as well as is how she can educate uh, areas as well. She's obviously a highly successful um, coach. Um, she's very good at what she does, and if she's got the backing of Steve too and, and Raylene, then she's obviously. Um, the right person for the job at this point. Yeah, I, I think um, it, it is a good appointment. I, I hope it is the first of many because, as I mentioned before, you know we have seen the, whole, the same names, etc. Um, do you think, James, there's enough being done in coach education? You know, if we're in that scenario, for example, like look at New Zealand rugby, right, um, and the uh, Alpeki coaching situation, they were all men, right? But uh, if you if you take on face value what they tell us that we don't have any female coaches that can coach as well as these men can coach. In terms of pure rugby, how how many skills and how much education these men got about the difference between coaching and talking to women and, and, and doing the same with men? Yeah, it, it's just, it's all changing so fast, right? The development of, of women's sport and progression and, and professionalism, we've seen that with, with rugby most recently. It's it's changing so fast and, and everyone is kind of learning um, while they go, which is fine. But now we're kind of realizing no matter what, you, with women's sport, you have to have some kind of female influence. Um, and we've, we've seen that kind of acceptance with, with cricket recently, with the white ferns and the black ferns as well. Um, but we, we all have to kind of do better and learn probably a bit quicker than we are. Um, and coaching is a, is a huge part of that. Yeah, you're right with Opiki. There were some, some questions raised about, you know, there's, there's no women coaches in this in this competition. But um, we're we're all we're all still learning as as we go, and, and it is hard. But we we do definitely have to do better with these with the top level uh, positions as well. You're on the panel here on SENZ Mornings with Ian Smith, Ricardo Ball in the hot seat, and part of the panel, uh, James Regan and. Brad Lewis. When we come back, we're going to be talking NRL, we're going to be talking Warriors, and we're going to be talking cricket. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. Yeah, this is Mornings with Ian Smith, 28 away from 11. Uh, Polaris, New Zealand's number one selling side-by-side brand. Thank you, New Zealand, for making Polaris New Zealand's number one. 
And uh, we return to the panel now. Uh, James Regan, Brad Lewis with us. Uh, the Warriors, a crucial four-game stretch for them against clubs that are currently outside of the top eight. I uh, guess the question for you, Brad, is after ScoMo cleaning out that kid the other day, uh, do they do the Warriors look to sign him as uh, as part of the fix for their edge defence? Yeah, um, it was a it was a good, wasn't it? Uh, he was a little bit oversized, but um, hey, man, you can't you can't um, knock the technique. Uh, I thought I thought the technique was excellent. Uh, yeah, well, a crucial two weeks in particular, right? With um with the with the dragons um, this week, uh, and then the knights the week after, then a couple of tough games, Panthers included. Uh, but look, if they, I mean, this feels like rinse and repeat, right, guys? And I saw Jimmy will agree with me. Like we talk about this at about this point of the season every year if they can win these two games then they're right in the hunt for the top eight right or they need to win these two games to stay in the hunt for the top eight um but you know if they if they want to have anything out of this season they have to have four points um in a couple of weeks time from these two games uh, they they probably should have beaten the dragons in round one they had all the momentum with 20 to go in that game and then just completely went to sleep um and um so hopefully they can turn that around. The Knights have been terrible this season for the most part. Um, Kalen Pong is just not not his usual self. He's been awful. So two winnable games. Uh, you know they've beaten a couple of top eight teams this year, and in, um, uh, in the Cowboys and the Broncos are on the verge of the eight as well. So uh, you know they, they have had some good results. Um, and I guess if you take away the first, this is what I hate though, right? Like all week we were told, oh well, we would take the second forty minutes against the Rabbitohs, we were great, but. Well, the, the Rabbitohs had won the game at halftime. Like, you have to think mentally they had dropped off as well, right? So uh, I, I think we kind of need to scrub that whole game out last week because it was, you know, the old game of two halves, but the Warriors were atrocious for 40, 50 minutes of that game. Yeah, they were, and I think South took their foot off the gas to an extent as well. Uh, I was interested to see Viliami Vailea and Adam Pompey named in the centres, given that Jesse Arthurs is back. I just had uh, uh, Blake Ashford on before you guys, and he was saying, look, if I'm the Warriors, I'm moving, you know, we've got enough uh, edge forwards around. Let's move you and Aiken back to the centres because we need some experience there. Where are you on that one, James? Yeah, that's one of those things that's, kind of been in the background all year the fact that we've obviously had issues with, with that edge defense uh in the past and they've gone all right at times don't get me wrong and these guys are, are young they're, they're learning on the job and uh, it's a tough environment to learn in as, uh, as the nrl but and aiken is there uh, and i think that's what a lot of people are kind of looking around and wondering is like just give them just give them a run there for a game let him help out. Um, he'll, he'll easily slot back in there um, and just give a bit, bit of confidence to, to that edge defence. But that, that's not the way they're going to go. Um, they're sticking with these young guys who I think do do have the potential to, to kick on. We've seen flashes of it. Um, they're going to have uh, a hell of a challenge this week with, with Ravalawa. We know what they did, what he did uh, against us in the first round. And Brad's right about, about that game. We could have won it, but these next few games are, are the kind of games that you go, we have to win. Otherwise, we'll be looking back in, a, in another six weeks' time going, oh, we could have won those games, you know, we're still a chance. But that that time of the year is, is fast getting away and you've got to get points. I think the most worrying thing is we're in, what, round 11, 12 now and um, they still haven't put in a full performance that they can look back on and go, yeah, we, we cracked that game. We kind of got everything going. That is the most worrying thing, because they've been able to win uh, close games, a couple of golden points, which is great. They definitely would have done that last year, but they've still not got a performance that you can look back on and go, yeah, that was that was what we are, which is 
probably the most worrying thing. But yeah, you and I can get him in there. Why not? Yeah, get him in. Uh, and when you look at the, the the centre matchup too, I mean, Zach Lomax has been probably one of the form centres of the competition in a, in a struggling Dragon side, and Moses Suli, they're no mugs. So yeah, I, I worry about the Warriors this weekend, to be honest. Blake picked them 1-12, to but I don't think he was using his head when he did it. Uh, let's talk a couple of other stories out of the NRL. Uh, Mick Potter has been named as the interim head coach of the Bulldogs. He's head coach in name only, isn't he, when you got Gus Gould upstairs? Brad? Uh, well, absolutely. Um, uh, interesting. How long has McPotter been out of the coaching game for? I remember he was with the Dragons um, not uh, uh, many, many years ago. But, yeah, he is a club legend at, at the Doggies. And, look, it's a club that can't get any worse, guys, right? So, um, uh, you know, like I guess uh, I, I guess um, at, at this point, you know, and with, and I guess there's the Bellamy, um, Bellamy thing uh, coming, coming as well, potentially. So, uh, yeah, um, well, uh, that was the rumor. Right? I think he has committed to the storm, hasn't he, for next year? But um, I know I know that that's Gus long, Gus's long term plan is to convince Craig Bellamy at some point to come to the Bulldogs. Maybe Mick Potter will be in place um, for the next year year and a half um, with Bellamy signing that one year extension. So uh, interesting times. Um, the doggies are a mess. Um, they have been for for quite some time. Uh, and uh, yeah, um, I mean, like I said, they can't get any worse. Um, and let's hope that, that when we play them, they aren't any better either because we're going to need those two points pretty desperately. Well, that's the thing. Um, I mean, James, you look at that that uh, that Canterbury-Bankstown um, squad, on paper, they, they should be a lot better than they are. I mean, does that just uh, talk to where Trent Barrett is as a coach, do you think, or is this an unbalanced roster? Yeah, it's a tough one. I mean, the, the whole thing around... Trent Barrett and was he did he leave or was he pushed before he um, before he went? Like they not only had a pretty decent roster this year, especially compared to last year, but they've got a couple of guns coming in next year uh, and and Kekau and Marnie. So you kind of I don't know with the Bulldogs, you kind of left scratching your head and, and wondering what is the what is the plan? Look, if, if Trent Barrett decided to step away because he he just um, felt he wasn't up for it anymore and, and felt it was right for him and the club to move forward, then then fair play. You, you can't argue with that. NRL coaching is is a tough job, right? But the, there were kind of signs with the Dogs, and although they've got a pretty average record this year, that, that they were going to get somewhere. So that kind of says to me that it's got to be something deeper than just the roster and just the coaching, and, and it's probably deeper issues within the club. But, yeah, they are a mess, and hopefully the Warriors can get two points against them. Yeah, and you, now Brad, you mentioned uh, Craig Bellamy. He has apparently been talked out of retiring by Joey Johns. Uh, he was going to retire from coaching. He's he's back for twenty twenty three. It'll be his twenty first season as head coach of the Melbourne Storm. My question is: Will we see video leaked of <laughs> him of Craig Bellamy doing a yard glass to celebrate that twenty first? <laughs> um, hey, you know when when they talk about how you know name five people you'd like to have dinner with. Bellamy, um, Balak would be one of those guys, man. I'd love to pick that guy's brain. Um, like he just, he just, he, he just gets it right. And, and I mean, I wouldn't want to be playing the Storm this week after the shellacking they took last week as well, because man, he, he'll be running them through the roost uh, this week. But uh, yeah, great coach, uh, best best in the business, uh, has been for a long time. Um, and I was just thinking when James was talking about about um, you know the Trent, Trent Barrett as coach. There's actually like a, a lack of top quality coaches in the NRL, and, and that's that's a big part of, of. You look at the teams that have done well in the last four or five years. They've had a great 
coach behind them. I think, you know, Craig Fitzgibbon's probably the, the most up-and-coming coach at the moment. Sharks are doing great under him, uh, you know, and we've seen, you know, Brad Arthur do good things with Parramatta. Des Hasler's always there or thereabouts. But you take take out those top five or six coaches, um, you know, Robinson's another one as well. There's just... But the, the rest of the teams are constantly struggling because they don't have good people at the helm. And we talk about problems at the Warriors. Well, the one good coach we have had in the last 20 years, we let go because we didn't want to sign him to a three-year deal instead of a one-year deal. And that's, that's ended up costing the Warriors, potentially having Nathan Cleary at halfback and having Ivan Cleary with a dynasty at the Warriors. And, you know, when you have a good coach, you need to do everything you can to keep them there. Yeah, it makes it makes me wonder why nobody from the NRL, what you said makes exact uh, complete sense, why no one in the NRL, these clubs, has gone to Shane Flanagan, has gone to Christian Wolf out of St. Helens, or has even gone to Paul Green, who's not even attached, but has won a premiership, because mm-hmm. those three are, are better coaches than about 10 of the blokes uh, sitting in the hot seats uh, in the NRL at the moment. Um, James, you, you, who's going to pull the trigger first, uh, do you think, and get one of those guys in the hot seat? Yeah, and that was the, the kind of thing that stood out to me um, when Barrett left and they were talking about who's going to be next. That There are very few coaches out there not in jobs that you would, you would want uh, coming into your club or that would excite you if they, if they came into your club. Uh, you're right with the ones you just mentioned. Um, but aside from that, there's not many. So you've got to be really careful, I think, or careful what you wish for when you're, when you're wanting your coach to be sacked because there are not many good ones out there. And not many, there's no Kiwi ones out there, which is a, which is a huge concern um, on this side of the Tasman as well. So, yeah, be careful what you wish for because... Um, there's not an abundance of, of great coaches out there. Yeah, wait, wait for that, uh, that, that NRL expansion into Bournemouth Irish, I guess, and David Kidwell. Uh, sorry, Brad, what were you going to say? I was just going to say, speaking of great coaches, uh, Rick, I kind of want to know who you're going to be rooting for on the weekend when the two teams you hate the most are vying for the Premier League, you know, with the, with the two best managers in the league going head-to-head. Uh, yeah, on oh, Manchester City. It's not even, it's oh. not a, I don't even have to think about it. <laughs> Mate, if Liverpool were playing tiddlywinks, I'd want them to lose, Brad. That's how it works when you're a United fan. <laughs> right, well, when Coutinho slots in that goal to give Villa the 1-0 win and, and we smash Wolves, uh, you know, um, the, the crying pool that, that you'll be standing in, um, I'll, I'll come come and hang out. Oh, I'm getting sponsored by Kleenex this Go weekend, on, I think, mate, to be honest. Uh, but that's all right. That's all right. <laughs> hey, hey, good stuff, gentlemen. Thanks for being part of the panel today. Anytime. Cheers, boys. Yeah, cheers. Uh, there we go, Brad Lewis and James Regan uh, on the panel with us today. Get your text coming through. Double eight, double three is the temper bed post text machine. Uh, we'll get to those next here on Mornings with Ian Smith. FM. Thank you, New Zealand, for making Polaris New Zealand's number one selling side-by-side brand. Summer or winter, he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. It's 11 away from 11 here on SENZ Mornings with Ian Smith, Ricardo Ball in for Smithy. Uh, of course, the Temper Bedpost text machine is double eight double three. Temper and Bedpost range of mattresses and adjustable bases adapt to the exact shape of your body so you can put your head and feet up in comfort. We've had a couple come through. Uh, you can keep them coming through. Uh, Mark has asked, what about Jeff Toovey? Yeah, that's another great question. Jeff Toovey, after Manly, has gone nowhere. He's done nothing. He's not even talked about anymore. I'm not sure why, but um, 
I would say there's, where there's smoke, there's fire, but there's not even any smoke. He just doesn't seem to get talked about. I'm not entirely sure why that is, because he did a pretty good job for a long time at Manly. Uh, so, yeah, no, thanks for your text, Mark. Double eight, double three. Keep them coming in. And this one from Jeremy. Hey there, after a woman retires, they may move into having a family. It needs to be set up so they can come back into management and coaching as they raise their family. There are so many past sportswomen that aren't involved in their sports setup because there isn't the family support. There. Now, that's a great point, Jeremy. Thank you very much for texting that through. And I think that's a, that's a really valid point and something that can be learned uh, and, and adjusted in the way that New Zealand sports go forward. Keep those coming through on the Temper Bedpost text machine, double eight double three. Thank you, New Zealand, for making Polaris New Zealand's number one selling side-by-side brand. Summer or winter, he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. The loveracing.nz update. Your home for everything thoroughbred racing. Visit loveracing.nz, racing's biggest fan. It's five away from 11 and uh, joining us to uh, for our Love Racing update, loveracing.nz, your home of everything thoroughbred racing, is Louis Herman Watt. Uh, g'day, mate. You got you got everybody paid yesterday. What do you got for us today? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I, I, I have had a look and I can't really find a bit I like. And isn't that... I mean, I know we're coming up before a, a <laughs> TAB cross, so what I can do is I can steer you a couple of places, but looking through the uh, fields at Rickett and Synthetic today, oh, I'm scratching my head, mate. But these fields are so good, and it honestly is, it is a testament to how good the fields are because they're so deep. Um, there's one that I've seen... Look, race four, number one commitment. I've seen commitment go around the last couple of times. I'm, I'm surprised that it's a 13-start maiden, but then you look at it. It's actually run six, it's run third six times. It's run second three times. It shouldn't be a maiden there. This preparation, the Pur and Kando's come back. It's been um, consistent as ever. It's been running races up and down the country, third at Rickerton, third at Rickerton, third at Rickerton. Before that, a second at Ashburton, then another second at Timaru. It's been trying, they've been trying to break its maiden. With Tina Komanyagi from Barrier 3, she is one of the best front-riding jockeys in the country. I think Commitment will be able to get close enough to the speed and might just have the fitness edge on a couple here. So there's Commitment race four, number one. But, man, as I say, I don't feel strongly about anything because these fields are so deep. The, the, The odds are out for this weekend, though, and I could give you an early push to something on Saturday if you want, Rick. Sounds good to me. Race number seven, six, Tarapa, Mega Bourbon. $4 into three fifty. as soon as it opened. Marshy's obviously dipped into his pocket. This open handicap sprint over the 1,300 metres, you want to be drawn well. He's got barrier six. And more importantly, he's got a really nice lightweight here. He's on the up Mega Bourbon. He's carrying 54.5. Craig Grills pays the bills on top. Uh, very consistent horse. Again, another one. I'm really surprised that he hasn't won in his last five starts, but that shows he's been going around in that open company. Um, I think he's got to be a massive chance. The market is indicating so. He likes the track. He's raced there four times for two wins and a third. The distance shouldn't be an issue. Great senior jockey. I think Mega Bourbon's a really good bet on Saturday. Race six, M2 to Rapa, number six, 
Mega bourbon. Mega bourbon. That that's when you've got one in each hand. I like it. I like it. Hey, cheers, Louis. Thanks for the uh, love racing update. Uh, love racing nz for all your thoroughbred racing news, previews, reviews, and more. Uh, and we are going to uh, so just uh, going over those. So that is today race four at Rickerton on the synthetic commitment, which is a uh, number one. And Louis tipping out as as something to look at. And then at Tarapa tomorrow, race six, mega bourbon with Craig Grills on board. Uh, Pip Morris joins us from the TAB now. Bet live on your favourite sports. Download the TAB app today. G'day, Pip. What have you got for us? Good morning, Ricardo. Plenty to look forward to. We'll start with the basketball. Well, not too far away from that, just a couple of hours away. So there's been uh, just about $3,000 on Golden State at 190 to cover the five and a half a point start. And $1,000 at $3 on over 223 and a half total points. There's also been $1,000 at 640 on under 196.5 total points. And the most popular power play, Ricardo, so far is two plus three threes made in the first minute of the match at $15. And the bet count very even so far in the head-to-head betting uh, between the two teams. And then for the NRL side of things, of course, the next round does start this evening. There's been a good multi. There's been a thousand dollar multi on all NRL games alternative points start to return two and a half K. I won't go through all the teams, but just for example, Newcastle Knights to start with that twenty five and a half point start. Kennery Bulldogs the same seventeen and a half. So going through all the teams there. And there's been another little bet on the Tigers, the one point two K head to head at a dollar eighty three up against the Bulldogs, Ricardo. So you think there might be a good chance there as well with the way uh, the team is at the moment. And $1,000 on the Warriors, head to head at 235. So the Believers are still back thinking they can maybe turn it around and grab another win. And just quickly on the PGA as well, bet came in yesterday afternoon, $800 on Justin Thomas to take out the whole tournament at $16. So do check out that outright winner bonus back as well. If your player finishes in the top 20 but doesn't win, you get a bonus back up to $50 in your account. Thank you, New Zealand, for making Polaris New Zealand's number one selling side-by-side brand. From behind the stumps to behind the mic, nothing gets past Smithy. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. It's four past 11 here on Mornings with Ian Smith. Ricardo Ball in for Smithy, who is away on holiday this week. Coming up, your chance to play uh, Stumped. With well, it won't be with Smithy. Will it? It'll be with me. Uh, Fifty dollar TAB bonus bet and sleep drops to be given away. We'll do that after the eleven thirty news and sport update with Araha. We also have the Greyhound Race in New Zealand charity run to update, and staff will be in before midday as well as we look at what afternoons have in store for you. Uh, but joining me in studio now is uh, esports videographer uh, Will Slingsby. Will's been covering esports since 2010. In that time, he's been covering the grassroots movements to big international events and a range of video games. Uh, he recently returned from London, where he was filming the Kiwi contingent at the FIFA Global Series. But today, he joins us in studio to talk about the future of esports and more. G'day, Will. How are you doing? Hey, how's it going? Yeah, good, mate. Thanks for uh, for joining us. Logan's also uh, jumped in the studio as well out of the producer's booth uh, because uh, this is more his bag than mine, to be honest. But uh, <laughs> let's um, let's get into it because there are a few things um, about esports that I think the general public don't maybe get or they'll have a lot of uh, questions about. 
Uh, one of those things, obviously, that you get all the time will be, is it really sport? Um, and now I know that uh, Sport New Zealand have come out and said, yes, it is, because from a, a tactile point of view, um, it, it, it engages that type of thinking, much like I guess you would say chess would, uh, and, and a few other things like that. So um, for people you know, that say to you, is it really sport when you tell them you work in esports, what's your general answer? Um, the only parallel it has from you know traditional sports to esports is, I guess, the teams that are around some of these players. They're um, they're a very traditional sporting structure. So um, teams in like North America and Europe have, you know, your mental coach, um, people that like monitor their nutrition, put them on diets, take them to the gym, all that good stuff. Um, but end of the day, you're not. People aren't wrong. Like it's not a physical activity as you'd expect, like from a rugby or a soccer or any of that stuff. But it can get very mentally draining if these guys have to play a three-day tournament. They're halfway through it, and every game they win is like twenty thousand more dollars in their pocket. Mm. So, to some of these guys, obviously taking it out is the goal. But um, if you win more, you know. That's life-changing money. So it's interesting you talk about nutrition at that level um, because you know I think most people think gaming, and it's particularly if you're going to if you're going to binge a big gaming session, you, you tend to see a lot of uh, Red Bull or Monster Energy drinks around. I mean, those probably aren't the best thing if you're in a three-day tournament. No, no, they're not. Um, <laughs> uh, everyone that I've kind of worked with um, over the years, oh. when they're at that kind of one percentile of players playing on the global stage. They're going into these days, much like a traditional athlete, you know, they're keeping their um, hydration up, you know, they're not eating like greasy foods, all that type of stuff. And it just, it's just works, you know, like, it's what works. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I've I've read a few articles about this, looked into it a bit in terms of the way that it's been... um, Pitch to New Zealand schools now. You know there 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 tends there's there's big esport opportunities for kids in in high schools. So maybe where you used to go and play first eleven cricket, or you played first eleven football, or your first fifteen rugby, or or, or whatever, uh, those numbers are falling away in terms of at school participation. Um, uh, esports is helping in a way uh, kids be involved in a in a team environment of some sort do you see a knock-on effect where if I say jump in an esports team that is playing I don't know NBA 2k for example does that then knock on that those kids at at some point go you know what let's go for a shoot around and they actually engage in the physical activity by being introduced to the sport via a video game it's funny you actually bring up um, 2k and FIFA, so they're two really good examples that a lot of these players that are actually playing at a high level play recreational football or basketball. So they've more likely come from like a high school team, maybe it's just like a rec team, or maybe they're in like the the first or second div teams for their school. But um, it's essentially they're just, when they're not on the court, they're playing the digital version, and mm. then some of these guys realise how good they are, and there's a bit of money in there, and then they can work their way up and... I know of a couple of streamers that um, used to be like that, and then now they've made like streaming a full time thing, and they've made a good chunk of change from that. So yeah, I mean the I know like uh, Sean Kaiwai a few years ago is one of the the outliers from a New Zealand point of view in esports. He won about two hundred k playing Counter Strike, right? Um, yeah. And 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 did very well. Uh, and I guess 
that he's one he's one story, and not everybody's going to be able to go and do that. Uh, but you talked about having those teams, like you know, for example, FIFA. I know in the A League, all those all those clubs in the A League, the Wellington Phoenix, had their own esports teams. Um, how is that recruited, and then how does that tie in? To the club, or is it done under the umbrella of you know a New Zealand esports uh, national body, if you like? Um, that particular example, so uh, it's called E League, um, and it's obviously obviously all the A League teams that have the esports um, counterpart to it, um, which the group stages actually finished two weeks ago, so we're now in the playoff stages, um, and that tournament structure. The winner of that or the top three or four placements there actually earn points towards the World Cup at the end of the year. So there's that. Um, in terms of recruiting, I think it's just done off, uh, would be what, top 25, 30 rankings in game. Um, some years they've done previous years when there's been new a new ranking um, for a lot of these players. So not necessarily... Um, across the board will be the exact like precise representation but it's mainly just top um, 25, 30 in game that they look at and then they assess, they approach people um, and they kind of just figure it out from there and sign them for just the duration of the tournament because a lot of those players are also signed by um, Australian and New Zealand esports teams as well. Mm. Can you be? I guess you know, like you know, Jeff Wilson is an example. Played cricket for New Zealand, played rugby for New Zealand, dual international. Can you be a a dual pro? I guess is you know, can you? Is are the skills on uh, on the controller from NBA Two K to FIFA to Counter Strike? Uh, are they easily transferable, or do you have to be invested in the sport or whatever it is that you're playing to understand how it works tactically? Yeah, you, I bluntly put, no, you can't do that. That's a very rare thing. And if people are managing to do that, it's probably their main game is the more popular one and their B game's kind of more of a niche and Mm. not played by as many people. Um, In terms of the sporting titles, I do, I've met a few people that have managed to juggle FIFA and NBA 2K at the same time, um, at a relatively high level, but you can tell when you watch both of them that they they stand out in FIFA more than NBA or vice versa. So, mm. when you uh, speak of you know like FIFA and you've got got the E League there, and you you were recently in in London for the FIFA Global uh, Series, when you think of the scale of uh, international esports, how does the likes of FIFA compare to other titles? Um. It's it's a uh, it's a lot smaller, definitely. Um, I've covered quite a few games, uh, the more popular ones, right down to very niche titles. Um, FIFA, I'd say, is kind of middle of the pack. But the cool thing about FIFA is they they're more of the like they're the one game that actually travels around the world, like the whole globe. Um, a lot of other esports titles generally just go to North America exclusively or Europe for 80% of their time, but FIFA goes to Italy, Spain, London, um, Denmark. There's a couple of events coming up in Denmark in two months. So they actually travel the world, and it's like a global kind of sport um, or title compared to like you know, Counter-Strike. 
Yeah. Uh, and now, I mean, we've had, you know, the Olympics, they tested the waters uh, in Tokyo and what probably we could have called it like a watered down version of a, a, an esports event. It didn't even run alongside the Olympics. It all happened before the opening ceremony. Of course, now Birmingham, uh, the Commonwealth Games, they're running a pilot with, you know, as we mentioned earlier, with the hopes of it going full, full medal event uh, in 2026. But yeah, my question to you though is, you know, do you see this being kind of like a viable option in the future esports being more amalgamated with the Olympics and the Com Games? Um, I, I got to preface this with this is depends who you ask, you're going to get totally different answers. Um, personally, I I like the idea because at the moment you don't have any tournament or tournament structure that is truly global, and what I mean by that is like all regions are involved and every minor country. Um, that used to exist and then it just fizzled out and it just never came back, I guess. But um, the I like the idea. I hope it is successful. Um, it's just a lot of people might be anti it because at the moment, if you're good enough, you can achieve greatness on the global stage, no matter where you're from. Like um, Sean, for instance, was um, he's probably our more notable Counter-Strike export. He's travelled the world, he's done it all, he's been on huge teams, he's earned the salary, all that good stuff. So it's definitely achievable. Um, and it, kind of the tournaments that are held annually from you know your Counter-Strikes, your Dotas, your FIFAs, all that stuff, they hold a lot more prestige than what an Olympic or Commonwealth game medal might hold. So One of the things that... Uh, you know, really helps the sport in terms of funding and things is having a national body because if you've got a national body in New Zealand that can be recognised by the TAB, they can take betting on it. And if they can take betting on it, then there is a kickback, a percentage of the gross and of the net that gets kicked back to that national body. So how, what is the national body in New Zealand? Does it oversee all the games? And what uh, sort of structures have they got in place to develop New Zealand athletes? Yep, um, we have the NZ Esports Federation. Um, I'm not entirely sure when it became official. Um, I think it might be about two, three years ago. Three, yeah, two or three, three years, years ago. Yeah, three years ago. And um, obviously, they are spearheading um, our regional qualifiers and our national structure for the Commonwealth Games. Um, so, as far as I know, that's their thing at the moment. Um, and just through knowing a whole bunch of other players from other games and all that stuff, they. They have reached out at times to help out um, uh, players in transit overseas, like New Zealanders overseas. For instance, I think uh, we had one of our players come back from Sweden middle of last year and he was stuck in MIQ um, and he needed a PC to play out his regional matches, so they delivered the PC to him in MIQ <laughs> That's cool. um, and sorted, sorted it out like that. So, yeah, it's definitely there, um, and I think they're moving towards – figuring out and building up that regional structure that you might see in high schools um, to put in those programs in place to, you know, find talent at an early age and kind of foster that and make sure, you know, it's done correctly from high school right to when they become professional, I guess. Now, most of the sports, well, the esports we've talked about have been very sort of what, I guess, PlayStation, Xbox, you know, sort of driven. I remember a few years ago uh, there was a thing called Wii, Right, where you could actually play the sports and you had the handle and you actually had to stand up and do the movements, right? Whether it was oh, tennis yeah. or whatever it happened to be. 
is we still a thing? Because it feels to me like as a as somebody who wants to watch it, watching somebody play Wii tennis would be way more fun than watching somebody play Wii Fortnite. Uh, play Fortnite, for example. I always feel like I want to answer this because <laughs> I'm the Nintendo guy here. Um, yeah, I mean, there's Nintendo Switch Sports out now, which is basically the new version of Wii Sports. And you should see me trying to play uh, Switch Sports tennis. I'm very, very competitive and put on a sweat. And I agree with that. I mean, I think something like that would be cool. Um, I think it would make a great kind of spectator sport in this kind of realm of esports and trying to get people in. And I mean, I guess the the thing that I've been wondering, Will, is with, you know, you mentioned that you don't really need things like the Com Games or the Olympics to make it as an esports athlete. So it's probably more around the fact that maybe the Com Games and the Olympics need esports more to try and attract, you know, the new generation as things kind of move into what people are into these days. So do you think this is a good way to try and get, I guess, your average Joe uh, or, you know, Jolene into esports? Yeah, I do. Um, At the moment, the game selection for the Commonwealth Games this year is, it's kind of like 50-50. The big plus for me is that they have Rocket League in it and Rocket League I personally feel is the near perfect What is Rocket League? Rocket League is soccer with rocket propelled cars as crazy as that sounds it's it's a, a team of three rocket cars booting the ball up and down the pitch and scoring goals um but watching that and understanding that at like the level these guys are playing at at the top it's just a whole nother game, um, and because they're just the technical skills just off the charts, right? Like I can't even perform half of the stuff in game mm. that they're doing, um, and it's it's. I would actually compare Rocket League to a game of chess. They have to think, you know, x amount of steps forward because the ball's in the air. They're doing their cars are propelled and hung in the air, booting the ball around mid air and all that stuff, trying to score goals. And yeah, it's 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 near. It's closer to the actual sport of soccer mm. therefore a lot of people that don't know understand esports they know what soccer is mm. yeah. just replace the team of players with cars. three cars <laughs> load of rocket propelled um, so just before we, we wrap here Will you mentioned at the start there are you know pro teams pro leagues overseas I guess like you know NBA or MLS or whatever it happens to be that have their esports teams their e-league teams and and they have mental coaches and they have nutritionists how far away from that level are we for the top players here in New Zealand or what sort of support is there for someone who wants to become an e-athlete here um the it's very early days um there's what needs to be done is um Develop those structures at a grassroots level um, in high school, and uh, if earlier, the better. But that needs to be established before all that stuff comes. Um, just because when you get to that level, there's like millions of dollars being poured into it, and that money just isn't quite there yet. Um, there's been a couple of traditional sporting teams here that have branched out into esports. I I can't tell you exactly why they aren't around anymore, but I think you, the esporting crowd can. Um, you don't want to get in, annoy them, and then get out because once you annoy them, there's no flipping them mm. back t- on your side. So, yeah, it's a uh, they can sniff out kind of the BS really quickly. 
Um, but to answer your question directly, it's I feel like it's five to ten years um, where we actually might start to see, you know, the accredited classes in and amongst high schools where it's a Valorant team, a FIFA team, or an NBA duo um, actually earning kind of like credits for. It's kind of surprising to me because, I mean, we're already seeing now, you know, like in U.S. colleges and stuff, they invest so heavily in, into all that kind of things. And, you know, they've created state-of-the-art facilities. They're attracting, um, you know, high school kids to their colleges with scholarship programs and stuff because they want a viable career in esports. Is it really going to – you think it really is going to take that long for New Zealand to catch up? Yep. Um yeah, the money's not quite there, and we just need to get those structures in place before anything else comes along. Yeah, well, good stuff. Well, thanks for coming in, man, and giving us some uh, insight and some time. If somebody needs to uh, jump online and look something up to get some more information or find out where to get in touch with um, people that can help them that are uh, to get involved, where's the best place to go? Oh, I'll just say if you jump on the NZ Esports Federation website, they've got all the direct links to the discords, all that stuff that can have all those people directing you in the right places. Good stuff. This is Mornings with Ian Smith, Ricardo Ball in for Smithy. That was Will Slingsby talking esports with us here. Uh, we'll be back shortly. Stumble Smithy, Smithy, not too far away. Summer or winter, he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. Yeah, it's 11.27 here on SENZ Mornings with Ian Smith. You can keep your texts coming through on the Temper Bedpost text machine. It is double eight double three. Had a text through earlier from Carlos saying, Hi Ricardo, you mentioned Bellamy will coach another season and he will go down as amongst the all-time long-serving greats of NRL first-grade coaches. I cringed when you mentioned Trent Robinson in the same breath as Wayne Bennett. Come on, Ricardo, he doesn't ha- he doesn't hold a candle to Brian Smith, Warren Ryan, Bob Fulton, or Tim Sheens. Your youthfulness has a blind spot in rugby league history. Hey, thanks for your text, Carlos. Appreciate it. Youthfulness, well, I'll take that. Thank you. Um, now, just uh, on your point. Um, yeah, like, I mean, I don't put Trent Robinson, uh, I, I think Wayne Bennett, Craig Bellamy, both above him. But some of the other names you put in there, I mean, Trent Robinson does have three NRL grand final wins to his name, right? Um, and that is better than Brian Smith. Brian Smith never won the uh, an NRL grand final. So, uh, and I think too, you know, if you look at, Robinson's uh, win record, uh, win percentage as a first grade coach in the NRL, it's at about 63%. Um, I think it's 65% with the Roosters. You compare that to Brian Smith, Brian Smith's win percentage as uh, an NRL coach is at about 52%. Um, so, I mean, if you're just purely looking at numbers, I think you can put Trent Robinson in there. I mean, maybe like me, you don't like the Roosters. Uh, I mean, and Trent Robinson is a young coach, so he's still only 45. He's already achieved a lot. So I, I appreciate you listening. I appreciate your text, Carlos. But I don't think I can agree with you. Hey, now listen, Dog Speed is the Greyhound Racing New Zealand show that is on SENZ every Sunday from 11 till midday. It's hosted by two legendary Greyhound experts in Mark Rosanowski and Andy McCook as well. So if you're a Greyhound Racing fan, then you won't miss a beat if you tune in to Greyhound Racing New Zealand's Dog Speed here on SCNZ from 11 to 12 
every Sunday. We also have uh, the Greyhound Racing New Zealand charity run. Uh, you can join us each week as we uh, choose and try to raise funds for four New Zealand charities, all thanks to Greyhound Racing New Zealand. And I do have an update on that for you. Before 12, I'll give you our tip for this week and the dog that we are backing. Uh, we've already raised on the show over $1,000 for charity, so make sure you stay tuned for that. It is just about time for Stumped by Smithy. Uh, Smithy's not here, obviously, it is me, but if you want to get stumped by me, or not, as the case may be, uh, if you want to win yourself a $50 TAB voucher and sleep drops, then give us a call now, 0800 150 811. 0800 150 811 is our number, and Stumped with Smithy will be with you right after the latest in news and sport with Aroha. SENZ, it's Kiwi for sport. Uh, the Stanley Cup, Formula One, and Rugby Sevens. Take your pick. I'll take Ricardo on at Sevens, eh? All right. Sevens, good. Topical because uh, the French Sevens is this weekend. Both for uh, the All Black Sevens and the Black Fern Sevens. First question for you, Brett. Who is set to captain the All Black Sevens at the... Uh, this weekend's Toulouse Sevens. Sam Dixon. That's a couple of chips down the wicket, right in the slot, and away it goes. Uh, always yeah. a toss up between him and Scott Curry. Yeah, well, the, the vice captains are, are Dylan Collier and Joe Weber for that tournament. Ricardo, how are you on your rugby sevens, mate? Uh, not great, to be honest. Not great. I, I watched. Uh, I tend to watch the Black Ferns more than I watch the All Black Sevens men's team. I tend to watch uh, watch that. Uh, you know, Sierra had any really leads that team really well, and it's usually full of stars. Although no Ruby Tui at the moment, which is a bit of a loss. There's still a lot of stars on that team, even without Ruby. I tell you that. But hey, the last two questions are both about the Black Fern Sevens. Second question for you, Brett. Black Fern Sevens last competed at the French Sevens Series in 2019. Who did they lose to in the final? Well, oh, I've got a bit of a record against us, I'll say Australia. One of the worst things I have ever seen done on a cricket field. Australia's, I mean, it's always a really good guess, but uh, over to you, Ricardo. Uh, I'm going to say the French. Mm. One of the worst things oh. I have ever seen well, Maybe I should always say the now. French. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Francais. Uh, it was USA going down 26 10 there in the 2019 French Seven. So you're still alive, Brett. Still up for grabs as the $50 TAB bonus bet and the sleep drops. Last question. Portia Woodman is the all time leading try scorer in the women's sevens with 201. The next Kiwi in line is Michaela Blyde with 143. Where does that place Michaela on the all-time list? Oh, I have no idea. Fourth. Fourth, did you say? Yeah. One of the worst things I have ever seen done on a cricket field. Oh, okay. Um, I've got no idea, but uh, I'm going to say fifth. (laughs) One of the worst things... I have ever seen done on a cricket field. Hey, you both were close. Brett was closer. It's third equal with Canada's Ghislaine Landry. So, Brett, you don't win the sleep drops, but you do get the $50 TAB bonus bet. What do you think you might put that on? 
Oh, the, the golf's topical at the moment, eh? Yeah. <laughs> I tell you what. I tell you what. Topical. I like Brett. If you want a tip for the weekend, um, you don't don't have don't have to follow this, but uh, you know uh, the storm very rarely get teed up, and they got teed up last weekend. Oh, I reckon they'll be roaring to go, mate. My and, team too, Ricardo. Yeah, they're playing two sixty three thirteen plus against the Cowboys. I reckon that's worth a look because I reckon they're going to come out firing. Yeah, well, Munster said, can't wait till next week, eh? Exactly, <laughs> mate. Exactly. Don't be grumpy. Don't, you don't often get 263 on the Storm 13 plus anywhere. Tell him he's grumpy at them when they're winning by 40. <laughs> There's a reason they call him Bellyache, Brett. <laughs> it's, uh, oh, would Nico the greatest player to wear the purple, purple jersey? Oh, Tawa, Tawa. I, I remember having Tawara on another station that I used to work at and him telling us the story about how, you know, when he lost his leg, he, got a, he, uh, and he left hospital. They gave it to him to take with him. And um, he had it in the he had it in the deep freeze out in the garage for a while, and then he had some mates around, and they were going to do a roast. And he said to one of his mates, he's like, "Oh, do you want to go and get that roast that's in the?" Uh, and uh, yeah, so his mate comes in and unwraps it, and it's his leg. Yeah, he's like, oh, and you know, sort of freaked his mate out. Oh, he told it way better than I just did, but yeah, it was a great story. What a great advocate for Huntley. Indeed, mate. If you ever go to Tawada's house, just say no to the roast. <laughs> Cheers, Ricardo. Cheers, brother. Go well. Um, that was Stump and Smithy uh, for another day. It'll be back again uh, tomorrow. And uh, you can keep your texts coming through on double eight double three as well. I thought Brett did pretty well there. Yeah, mate. That, was, that was really good. Some tough questions. Well, maybe the last one. Uh, but, yeah, no, he did well. Um, got some winners this week on Stump. So one, one more to go this week. Potentially another one. Yeah, everyone loves a winner, mate. It's always good to have winners on. Up next, our Greyhound Racing New Zealand charity run pick. Stay tuned. Ben Smith on SENZ. It's the Great Greyhound Racing New Zealand charity run. It is 16 away from midday here on Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. Smithy will be back for you on Monday. Now, you can join us each week as we try and raise funds for four New Zealand charities. It's all thanks to Greyhound Racing New Zealand. Uh, Our pick this week is racing at Invercargill. It's race nine, dog four, Delisha Bale. Um, that's where we're looking. Uh, we've currently raised $1,010 for charity this season. Um, so if you like the looks of that, um, then get on and hopefully Delisha Bale comes in and we can add more to that charity pool. You can tune into SENZ every Sunday from 11 or 12 for Greyhound Racing New Zealand's Dog Speed, hosted by two legendary Greyhound experts in Mark Rosanowski. And Andy McCook. Don't miss a beat with Greyhound Racing New Zealand's Dog Speed. And of course, uh, you, all the, uh, you can get all the odds, all the latest odds up to date uh, with the TAB app. You can watch and bet live on your favourite sports and racing at tab.co.nz. Please gamble responsibly, R18. And we've been asking you to send your text through too on the Temper Bed Post text machine, which is 8833. Uh, this one I missed earlier, but. Uh, Thanks to Liam for sending it through. The Tuatara need to promote their home games more. I had no clue they were even playing. Okay, so that uh, is maybe a message for the Tuatara, or maybe, Liam, you just need to tune into Hoopheads every Wednesday night from 9 to 10 and get all the latest basketball news, and then you'll know. Then you'll know, because every week, Casey, Justin, and myself, or Mania, depending on which of the two of us is uh, is hosting, uh, we go through and pick, our, pick all our winners at the end. So we talk about every game that is coming up, and uh, yeah. 
That is uh, something that you can tune into, Liam, on a uh, Wednesday night here on SENZ. It is 17, oh, uh, sorry, 13 away from a midday. Keep your texts coming through on the Temper Bedpost text machine, double eight double three. Also, if you're a fan of harness racing, uh, Mick and Greg, every Sunday from midday, uh, they cover uh, all harness racing action from across New Zealand. It's midday to one. It's called Trots Talk Sundays right here on SENZ. All thanks to the great New Zealand at ha- uh, New Zealanders at Harness Racing New Zealand. When we come back, staff's going to be in studio. We'll find out what's happening on afternoons today. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.